Welcome to Preheated, kitchen wisdom and friendly chat from two friends who love to bake. I'm Stefan Cohn in London. And I'm Andrea Ballard in Olympia, Washington. Every week, we celebrate the successes, failures, learning, and laughs that go hand-in-hand with baking for those we love. Today, we'll find out if those Nanaimo bars set the standard for all tasty toponyms, not to mention recipes from municipal websites. And since it's a five-Monday month, we'll square off all of our July treats and award a coveted preheated blue ribbon to the one we can't stop eating. So put the kettle on and get ready for some sweet talk. Stefan, this is the last episode of July, and it's the time when we are about to take a little bit of a summer hiatus. Oh, I can't believe it is that time of year already, Andrea. I know. It always sneaks up on us. It's perfect timing because in the heat of August, that's not necessarily the time when we want to have our ovens on. Yeah. So for listeners who haven't listened to us in the prior seasons, Stefan and I will take turns hosting what we call quick bite episodes. Mm -hmm. They last about five to 10 minutes each, and we won't be as active on social media in our Facebook preheated baking podcast listeners group. So we are still around, we are still involved, but it will be a little bit different for the month of August, and we just wanted to give you a heads up. And it's just a really fun time for us, too, Andrea, because we're able to plan some really fun themes that are coming up around the corner. So don't fear. We will be back in September. I think the actual air date is September 2nd. We'll be back. Oh, so exciting. I love my fall baking. So I know. Yeah, we get a lot of inspiration over the summer. Well, hey, Andrea, we didn't have time to do a full globetrotting gourmet, but I wanted to let everyone know I recently traveled to Wales, a mere 50 miles away from me here in London. I'm so excited about this report because Wales is my husband's ancestral home, so it has been on our list of places to visit for quite a while. Yes, it's mine as well. On my mother's side of the family, I am Welsh, and I've been there before. It's an absolutely gorgeous country. It's very green. You get out into the rural areas very, very quickly. And of course, they have two delicious treats I'm going to tell you about. I can't wait. Well, the first is a variation on a scone, Andrea, and it's called a Welsh cake. Perhaps not the most flowery title (laughs) of all time. (laughs) But descriptive. (laughs) And super delicious. So if you can imagine a scone that is perfectly round and is more like a mini pancake, and that is because it has been made on a griddle. I'm almost feeling like this sounds a bit like a crumpet. Uh, Yes, except think about scone texture, scone ingredients. So with the flour, the butter or lard, currants, eggs, milk, etc. And sometimes they have even some spices like cinnamon and nutmeg. Okay. And do you just eat it plain or are you putting the, the cream and the jams and the jellies on it? Well, it's so funny. I read on Wikipedia that they are usually served without an accompaniment. And, of course, you would always eat a scone with jam and some clotted cream or butter. But I have to say, I the Welsh cakes I was served were served exactly like a scone. So I ate okay. them happily with my cream and butter and jam. And they were fabulous. If one could have clotted cream, why not? <laughs> why would you ever turn that down? Am I right? <laughs> 
You are right. Okay, so Welsh cake, that's going on my list. Yes. Those were very, very good. And then what was the other one? And the other one was called a bara breath. Mm. Now, Andrea, have you heard of that? It's obviously taking its name from the Welsh language, which is always just fascinating and interesting too. Yeah, no, when I see some of those words of the places that I want to visit, I often think in many languages I can sort of stumble my way through, but not in Welsh. Yes, it's so fascinating to listen to. And many of the people that we came across just on a bus in different areas were still speaking it. And it's oh, it's really lovely to listen to. So bara means bread and brith means speckled. So it's a speckled bread. And it is a bread dough that has had dried fruit and spices created to it. So it's, it's like a tea loaf if you think of it that way. Okay. And it's flavored with tea, those dried fruits, mixed spices. So, Andrea, it's, you know, it's veering into fruitcake territory. (laughs) And you said it's flavored with tea, so it'll have some tea leaves in the batter? I didn't notice tea leaves per se, but it has that nice, rich tea flavor and a very dark color as well. Interesting. I loved that. I loved that. I loved that. You know, I don't have the issue with raisins that... uh, you do so <laughs> the minute you said the translation was mm-hmm. spotted bread my sam- yeah, my salmon colored flags began to be raised <laughs> indeed but it was very sweet i think as a lover of fruitcake mm. you could really get behind this and i'm sure there are many variations that use other dried fruits as well now controversially andrea the grocery store morrisons which i don't believe i believe this is morrisons first appearance on preheated <laughs> ah, i've never heard of morrisons right i know they removed a ready-made version of Barra Breath from their shelves in 2006, and a survey of United Kingdom teenagers a year later showed that 85% of them had never had this bread. So if you are a fan of a spiced tea loaf, I will put a link in the show notes because I think we can do our part to keep this in top of mind for teenagers and other people who just enjoy a, a lovely loaf cake. Keep the tradition alive. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's great. Well, I know that was a super quick trip for you guys, so thank you for squeezing in two desserts, even though I think you were only there for a couple of days. That was much appreciated. No problem. (laughs) Moving on to a place a little bit closer to home, at least for me, this week we are reviewing the legendary Nanaimo bars from the city of Nanaimo. Stefan, as you said in the intro, the first time we've baked from a municipal website. (laughs) But maybe not the last. Maybe not the last. So this recipe was three layers. The bottom layer of the bars are a mixture of butter, sugar, cocoa powder, an egg, graham cracker crumbs, finely chopped almonds, and some coconut. And you Mm -hmm. press that into the pan. The second layer is a mixture of butter, cream, and custard powder and confectioner's sugar. So almost like a frosting. And then the top layer is melted chocolate. These bars, I think you described last week as sort of a every single thing you like, why not just throw (laughs) them in? And I, I definitely had that feeling like while I was making these, I kept running to the pantry. It was like, oh, I forgot the nuts. Oh, I forgot the graham crackers. Oh, I forgot the coconut. You know, yes, all these different things. So why don't you go ahead and tell us how all these three layers with so many different ingredients came together for you? I loved the fact that Nanaimo bars are a no-bake. Of course, it's the height of summer. We're not especially keen to turn that oven on. And this is the second no-bake that we've made this month. So I loved that. Mm-hmm. 
It was definitely easy, but as you just alluded to, it is a three-layer, so it does take a little bit longer time to get all of those layers in order. But none of them are hard. So starting with that bottom layer, you are making that really delicious cocoa, graham crackery, almondy, mm-hmm. coconutty, coconutty base. Now, of course, you guys know I don't have graham crackers here. I substituted an equal portion of my rich tea biscuits, which are about as close as I can get. I think that worked great. I also used ground almonds instead of chopped. I had some leftover, I think, from our seed cake, Andrea. Yes. And that worked great. Mm -hmm. And then fortunately, a friend from the U.S., loyal listener Carolyn, had sent me some sweetened flaked coconut, which is a treat here also, not as common as in the U.S. So I had that to play with, which was really fun. Yeah, the recipe just says one cup of coconut. So it doesn't specify sweetened or unsweetened. It doesn't yeah. specify flakes versus, you know, the ground kind that I can get. So um, this recipe had a couple of areas that were a bit less specific than what I'm used to. But I yeah. think, listeners, if you listened to us last week and we were talking about the popularity of the Nanaimo Bar in Canada and how they have a Nanaimo Bar trail tour guide and you know every place does their own different version. I think that's one of the reasons the recipe is that way because it really lends itself to your own interpretation. I think too that when all was said and done these had such a nice firm texture and I know that I have had bars that are much squishier almost um, too squishy but this was not. The texture here at the end was was really right on for me and partly that comes down to your second layer here which is butter, the cream, the custard powder. Andrea, I thought it was so funny, this recipe. It was really a blend of more British and then American ingredients. And and here was one, a vanilla custard powder. This is so prevalent all over the UK. You can find many brands of this. And it's like an instant... Well, it is just an instant custard, exactly as it said that you might serve with a cake or, or some kind of berries, some kind of dessert. That was maybe a little trickier for you to find, or had you found that at the British section of the grocery store? Yeah, oddly enough, and it wasn't even shopping for this particular recipe. I don't know why, but I picked up a container of that bird's custard powder a while yep. ago. So I had it okay. in my pantry. I hadn't opened it yet. Um, I must have just decided that I knew it might come up one day, and so I better grab it when I saw it. And yeah, I have to say, I did notice that my container just said bird's custard powder. It didn't have the word vanilla anywhere on it, although the recipe itself says vanilla custard powder. Yeah. So when I made my second layer, And I tasted it. I felt like it was lacking vanilla. So I put some vanilla paste in. And I don't know if there's different kinds of custard powder. And maybe there is one that has a vanilla flavor. Mine was just plain. Okay. And, you know, certainly if you even had the package that was labeled with vanilla, but it wasn't vanilla-y enough for you, I think adding some more is personal preference. Totally fine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you have your third layer, and that is the squares of semi-sweet chocolate. I needed to use chocolate chips here. And you melt that with some unsalted butter. You are layering all of that over time. And once cool but still liquid, then you have your chocolate layer poured over your custard layer and you chill till firm in the fridge. Andrea, this was so easy. I was so pleased with the texture. The one quibble I had, which was my own doing, I think using chocolate chips made that top layer a little more thick than it would have been with just plain chocolate. So it was hard for me to frost. So they didn't look as pretty as I would have liked them. But that is truly my only small quibble. These 
were dynamite. We loved them. They were perfect to have pulled out of the fridge on a hot day. My family Mm -hmm. just went nuts for them. Okay. Oh, big success. I had some different issues. (laughs) So... Um, Of course, I do want to point out the things I did differently. So I typically have European-style butter on hand, but for some odd reason, I didn't this time. So I just use regular butter. These were still incredibly rich and decadent, so I don't don't think that caused a problem. I had a box of graham crackers, but they were unopened. And meanwhile, I had some vanilla wafers left over from something that we had made previously – and so I decided to use those vanilla wafer crumbs instead. Yeah, had you had you used those in our no-bake cookie dough ice cream sandwiches? That's what it was. Yeah. Got it. And okay. we don't typically eat vanilla wafers as a cookie, so I'd use those in the ice cream sandwiches, and they were sitting in the yeah. pantry. And I thought to myself, instead of opening up another box of something that could potentially go stale, I'm just going to use these up. So I used the vanilla sure. wafer crumbs. I thought that turned out just fine. I did use the coconut flakes, but I went with unsweetened because I thought there was enough, you know, sugar and other things in here that it wouldn't need the sweetness. The instructions say to melt those first three ingredients in the top of a double boiler. So that's the butter, mm-hmm. the sugar, and the cocoa. And then it says that the next step is to add the egg and stir to cook and thicken. I was really yeah. nervous about that egg potentially curdling if I added the egg. So I removed it from the heat after I had the butter and the sugar and the cocoa melted. And then I put a mm-hmm. little of that mixture into the beaten egg, and then I stirred the egg back in. So Yeah, so you tempered I it. I did temper it, and I took that remove from heat instruction and moved it up a sentence. <laughs> um, and I had that thought, but I ended up just going for it. And I have to say, I didn't have a problem. You were fine. Okay, good. I was, yeah. Okay. And so I stirred it. And I even note that it was about 30 seconds. It got really glossy and thick. And then I was like, okay, I think it's cooked. Okay. And I wanted to add that in that it did thicken up quite nicely. So I thought that worked really well. Yeah, it really does. And yes. um, so then I stirred in the, the cookie crumbs, the coconut, and the nuts, and pressed it into the pan. And then I let it sit there for a few hours. I actually made this dish between other things like yeah. I I started the bottom layer and then I made some lunch and then I went and ran an errand and I did something else and then I started the second layer and it was really easy to sort of squeeze into other things I totally agree yeah with the middle layer again I just used regular butter not the European style I didn't have any heavy cream so I used half and half it was totally rich and decadent so I don't think that was a problem I had that bird's custard powder and the Confectioner's sugar, that all worked great. But as I said, I added a teaspoon of vanilla paste just to get more of a vanilla flavor. And I thought that turned out really well. It says beat until light. For me, this took about three minutes until it had really sort of changed color. I, I think that's what she means by beat until light. I don't know if it meant texture or color, but... I felt like it needed. Yeah, exactly. And also in that step, I sifted my icing sugar, which seems to be something we're just kind of naturally doing these days when we see that ingredient. You don't want any lumps in your nice, smooth layer. Yep, I did the same thing, even when she didn't specify that. And, um, you know, that was hard for me, but I've been, I've been having good results, so I got to keep doing that. You are. You're doing great. Then it came to the third layer, and I used three squares of dark chocolate, very dark, like an 85%. Each one of those was one ounce. And then I used one square of a milk chocolate. And so this was not quite semi-sweet. It tilted more toward the dark chocolate side, but that's what I really like. And I did melt those with the butter. It's a little tricky. It says 
cool and then once cool but still liquid pour well if it if you're really going to cool it it's not still going to be liquid in my book exactly yes yeah I pulled it off the heat and I had my whisk and I just stood there and stirred it for quite a while with the whisk to sort of cool it down but keep it so that it was still liquid and then I was able to pour it over the top and chill it the only problem I ran into was when it came to cutting okay and I reached out to our friend Jeannie, who was the one who introduced me to Nanaimo bars. I reached out to her, unfortunately, after I had cutting difficulty. Okay. So I allowed that top layer to chill in the fridge overnight. Mm-hmm. And I went to cut them the next morning. And I let them sit out for, I don't know, maybe five minutes before I started cutting. And I was using, I have this huge blade that's a pizza cutter. <laughs> oh, yeah, like sure. A, yeah. It, yeah, it's almost like a foot long, and it's just a, a sharp blade. And I had put the... Nanaimo bars on top of a parchment sling. So I just lifted that parchment sling off. Okay. And I went to cut it with my pizza cutter, and the chocolate layer started cracking everywhere. Okay. So I was like, oh, darn it. So I waited like another 10 minutes, and it was still cracking. Yep. So I just kind of moved forward and said, I'm not going to worry about it. I cut it into 16 pieces. Mm-hmm. Some of them I thought were really big. And once I tasted it and saw how rich that yeah. was – I thought I really wanted to cut these smaller, but I had so much problem with the cracking. And in my memory, genies always were smaller. They were sort of a bite size. So I reached out to her, and I I just love her so much. She said, I said, how do you cut the, your Nanaimo bars? And she said, it's a process, <laughs> <laughs> and it requires a certain tool. So she okay. said, first of all, when she pours the third layer on, mm-hmm. she only lets it cool in the refrigerator for 15 minutes. Okay. And then she pulls it out of the fridge at the 15-minute mark, and she cuts it into fourths, so four big squares. And then she takes what I think is her bench scraper. Yes. And it has, you know, a nice sharp edge, and she cuts each of those fourths into the tiny little bite-sized bars. And, you know, hers are just beautiful. They look like the cover of a Martha Stewart magazine when she arranges them on her display plate. So I wish I had reached out to her before I did all my cutting. Unfortunately, by then, I already had my 16, and I had a lot of cracking in the top. So I didn't want to go through and try and recut. Yeah. But here's the interesting thing. I took them to church the next day, and – they were having an ice cream sundae bar. So I thought, oh, darn it, no one's going to want these because there's all these ice cream sundaes. But I did decide to cut each one of the 16 either in half or some of them into fourths. And because they had been sitting out for almost like 45 minutes, they cut like a dream. There was no further cracking. It was so easy. They were bite-sized. And I went back to the buffet line at the end of the event, and they were all gone. Taste-wise, these were... Phenomenal. I completely agree with you that you only need a bite because they're so rich. I mean, look at those instructions and those ingredients yes. again. You've got a lot of butter going on. You've got the cocoa. You've got the almonds. Mm-hmm. You've got everything there. So rich. Yeah. A custard layer. So there's not even a serving size on this recipe, is there? Am I missing it? No, not that I see. And so that would be my only addition is when you make these. And I've seen them in bakeries before where you buy them and they're more of a traditional brownie size but I definitely next time I make these I am going to cut them into bite size because my husband loved them he said you know best dessert ever he just was raving about them my daughter pulled a typical 13 year old um, you know lay the truth on me (laughs) hey what do you think about those Nanaimo bars and she sort of looked at me and said well 
that nut layer had some weird stringy things in it. The nut layer. The bottom layer. The bottom layer. And I said, well, that was coconut flakes. Mm. She goes, oh, yeah, I didn't like that. And I know she doesn't like coconut. So I don't know if it was she already didn't like the flavor. And then, you know, she sort of got the flakes and she thought, eh, this is too weird. Yeah. But I saw another girl eating them at church, and she was a bit younger than my daughter. And I approached her, and I said, hey, what did you think about those? And she looks at me, and she goes, well, I love them. I love chocolate. And so it was interesting. Like, yeah. she picked up on the chocolate flavor. My daughter picked up that there were nuts in it and coconut. So, again, because there's so many different things in this, I think you're either going to find that they're a hit with everyone because everyone can find something they like. Yes. Or you're going to find that there's, you know, a certain ingredient that someone doesn't like. Like, oh, I really love these, but I'm not into almonds. Or I really love these, but I'm not into coconut. Yeah, and I had the note too, you know, even if you wanted to, if you're a big coconut fan, you could maybe add some coconut extract to that custard layer, or you could maybe add Mm -hmm. more coconut. You know, you could play around with the proportions in that crust, maybe take the coconut away entirely and add a few more nuts or some more cookie crumbs to the base if coconut wasn't, wasn't your thing. I think we had the similar experience, and I am so grateful for Jeannie's advice on the cutting. Sounds like to make ours prettier next time, we need to chill them very briefly, then do the cutting, then you can go ahead and refrigerate them until really solid. Yep. That sounds like the trick. And use that bench scraper or, you know, just a sharp blade edge so you're not taking a knife and dragging it through. I should add, too, that with each slice that I did, I was running my blade under hot water and mm-hmm. wiping it down. Mm-hmm. So, you know, doing that that hot blade in, and I think that did help. Um, but anyway, that's the only thing I would do differently. I thought these were fabulous, and I think they are really definitely falling into the special treat category. I now <laughs> understand why I only have them once a year. <laughs> well, well done to the city of Nanaimo, our first but maybe not our last municipal source for recipes. <laughs> and remember, we will have a link to that recipe that comes from the city of Nanaimo on our website. This is episode 135, so look for the show notes for that episode on preheatedpodcast.com. And we'll put it in our Facebook listeners group as well. Stefan, this is the fifth Monday of July, which means that this is a blue ribbon episode, and that is when we award a prize to the dessert that we liked most during the month. Our options are from episode 131, the cookie butter blondies from the Butternut Bakery blog, from episode 132, the no-bake cookie dough ice cream sandwiches from McCormick's, Episode 133, The Lazy Daisy Cake from Tori's Kitchen. And finally, episode 134, where we introduced the legendary Nanaimo bars from the city of Nanaimo. (laughs) Stefan, where is your blue ribbon going this month? This month, Andrea, maybe of all of the months, has been so delicious. It has been win after win after win. And of course, we always have fun. We always have, you know, delicious things to eat and and to make and to talk about. But this month is proving so hard to choose. I will say, I think it's a cop-out to award a dual blue ribbon. So I'm not going to do that, but... (laughs) That is not allowed. It is not allowed. No, those Mm -hmm. are not the rules. Personally, um, the for me, that the top two, and I loved them all, but the top two were the Cookie Butter Blondies from episode 131 and today's Nanaimo Bars. Now... Everything was a hit with my family, including those cookie dough ice cream sandwiches. I had a lot of fun with the square theme as well. I will probably end up making all of these again. 
but the one at the end of the day that I will go ahead and award my July 2019 Blue Ribbon to is today's legendary Nanaimo bars from the city of Nanaimo. (laughs) Oh, maybe they'll give you a key to the city now that you've given them a Blue Ribbon. Fantastic. Yes. (laughs) My family just went absolutely gaga for these. I loved that it was a square pan. I mean, we've been using the same size pan all month long. That's been our theme, hip to be square. But it made so many. It would be a great, great dish to take if you just needed a bite size. I really love, love that. I love, mm-hmm. as you just said as well, it appeals to so many people because it's got it all. What ingredient yep. is in there? I mean, it's it's got it all. So legendary Nanaimo bars, a very close second, the cookie butter blondies. How about you, Andrea? Okay. Well, I have something different, and I agree with you up front that I thought this was one of our most delicious months ever. And my family would agree with you, except for my daughter. She's not a huge coconut fan, and we had coconut in multiple dishes. But that's true. Yeah. Too bad bad for her and more for me. (laughs) But the dessert that I'm giving my blue ribbon to was the Lazy Daisy Cake from Tori's Kitchen. I found this cake to be so easy to put together. I found that broiled coconut icing on top to be very different. Yeah. And wonder of wonders, this was one of those cakes that I just thought was better the second day. Yeah. It just got more moist. It, I think, would travel really well because that top layer is broiled, so it's kind of a sturdy container. Yes. And that's really why – a big part of the reason why I picked the Lazy Daisy cake over the um, – cookie dough ice cream sandwiches and the Nanaimo bars, both of which I loved. But both of those clearly require refrigeration. And so they require planning and it's not as if I'm going to, you know, bring them to someone's house or to a potluck. So then I was down to the Lazy Daisy Cake and the Cookie Butter Blondies, which I also absolutely loved. Yes. And the reason I picked the cake over the Blondies is I did feel like the cake was a little bit lighter. I felt like mm-hmm. the the blondies were definitely more of a treat. I almost felt like the cake could perhaps even be a breakfast. I'm sure that's just some sort of weird rationalization in my mind. No, I understand what you're saying. Yes. Yeah, it, it felt like it was a little more you could pull it out at multiple occasions instead of it just being a treat after a meal. So, yeah, or if you weren't going to have it at, at strict breakfast time, maybe at like having a cup of coffee at like 11 o'clock or something like that. Maybe that was it. Probably wouldn't do the blondies until, I don't know, later afternoon or evening. Yeah, you're right. I understand that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd be tempted to do the blondies. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but I, probably a big part of it too was, you know, I have already learned about cookie butter and I know I love it. This was my first time making a Lazy Daisy cake. Yeah. So it might have been the newness of it that captivated me as well. But that's where my blue ribbon is going this month. I loved it. I thought that was such a fun month. I had so much fun being hip to be square. It was really exciting. And Andrea, now that we've done round, which is in November of 2018, and of course, this month was square. Dare we say that Triangle is coming next? (laughs) The rhombus? The trapezoid? (laughs) Parallelogram (laughs) month. Hopefully. Hopefully. We shall see. Um, Yeah, I mean, we can't rule it out. No, no way. Mm -hmm. Um, So Mm -hmm. folks, you can find all of those recipes in the show notes for those particular episodes that we just read off. They're both in the intro episode as well as the episode in which we review them. Well, the timer's buzzed, and we've got to get the icing onto this episode. We release new episodes every Monday morning, and as longtime listeners know, August is when we take a brief hiatus from our regular format and release short, quick bite episodes on a single topic. 
We hope you'll stay tuned all month long as we explore some of our personal favorites and take a bit of a break from the heat of the kitchen. We'll be back rested and ready for fall baking in September. Listeners, if you'd like to get an email and a link to the full show notes every week when our episode is released, subscribe to our newsletter by visiting our website, preheatedpodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, where we're at Preheated Pod. And if you like our show, please tell a friend and subscribe. Then consider ranking and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you download our show. Until next time, I'm Andrea Ballard in Olympia, Washington. And I'm Stefan Cohn in London. Thanks for listening and sweet dreams. Preheated is written, hosted, and edited by Andrea Ballard and Stephen Cohn in association with 24th Floor Productions. See you in September!